So there we go, a quick sip of Pepsi Max, and here we go, we find ourselves in episode 32, following immediately on from episode 31, of which we spoke a lot about being results-focused and being quite heavily focused on the outcome as opposed to the process. But there is a big part of achieving the result in the first place, which gets overlooked, Whenever you're looking at any kind of approach, you will quite heavily see the focus on what you need to do, i.e. calories you need to consume, exercise you need to do, sets, reps, and intensities, RPEs, focusing on the steps you need to adhere to, you know, the protein you need to hit and what you need to do in that sense, but not a lot of focus given to arguably some equally fundamental parts of the work the recovery so many people overlook the necessary need to recover from stimulus stress plus rest equals growth as they say and so many people forget about the relaxed part the recovery part they forget about their sleep they forget about their stress levels they forget about these things being so fundamental to the growth of them as a person and i'm not just talking about the growth of new muscle tissue i'm talking about your development as a human being your development as a person the development of your character development of your willpower your discipline what you're able to do the progression of your goal in any shape or form so easy to focus on the what we have to do rather than allowing ourselves time to recover the yin and the yang focus so much on the yin you forget about the yang and recovery and self-reflection is vital when it comes to your growth of who you are i mean hell in that last podcast i spoke a lot about looking at the past looking at your relationship with food and your relationship with movement and reflecting and that's absolutely key and it's the perfect time to do it when you are recovering when it's your rest day instead of just going cool i'm not training today won't think about it jobs are good and a rest day is as important as a training day we don't grow when we're in the gym from a a muscular perspective anyway we don't get stronger there we get stronger during the repair process from a, a layman's term science you create micro chairs in your muscles in the gym you go home you sleep, you recover, and during that time, your body repairs itself. It goes round with its cement, and it fills all those cracks in those micro tears. Basically, protein gets broken down into amino acids, floats around your bloodstream, and finds the micro damage and repairs it. But you get where I'm coming from. The, uh, the gym side of things is the stimulus, but if you don't add the other half of the equation in, the recovery from that stimulus, then you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve. This is why it's actually really important to not chase the ache in the gym. We still do from time to time, particularly if you if you enjoy your training, we chase the burn. You know, we want to wake up the next day feeling it. But the funny thing is, if you don't ache, if you trained hard enough and you don't ache, it's not a bad thing. It means you've recovered well. Because that's what it's all about. People lose sight of the fact that you're the whole idea of training is you train you create this damage you recover from it and you train again the more often you can do that the better this is why the old-fashioned bodybuilder split of you know chest on monday back on tuesday shoulders on wednesday training every single muscle group once a week 
is suboptimal as far as your progress goes because you're getting a whole seven days of recovery for these individual muscle groups, but you don't need that much recovery. You need recovery, obviously. That's what this fucking podcast is all about. But you don't need that much recovery. You hit it, you recover, you hit it again. Like I said, stress plus rest equals growth. So the thing that we have to look at when it comes to both recovery and self-reflection is firstly the need for it. We have to place it as high as we place the, the stimulus, the work itself. We have to recognize that it's as important for us to recover as it is for us to work. But that's not to say that it's just a case of not doing anything. When it comes to specifically your growth as a person, your growth, your character, you know, your personality, your morals, etc. Those are plants that need nourishment. And to nourish them, you first have to understand yourself. You have to understand what you need as an individual. You have to understand what kind of life you are striving towards. An exercise I quite often get my clients to do is write down their ideal day. So I know I've touched on this previously, but imagine not money, no objects. We don't be talking Lamborghinis, McLarens and mansions. But just from a realistic perspective, what does an ideal day look like for you? Because to understand what you need as a person, you can usually get a lot of answers from an unrestricted day. If life was your own, you didn't have to adhere to the general kind of constraints that we have to adhere to, like working times, job, etc. What would you do with it? Because you've got a life, you can't just sit by the pool every single day. Sure, that might be great for the first week or two weeks, whatever. But then as time goes on, you're then going to have to really look at things and go, well, hang on a second. There's more to life than this. You know, let's say that's the case at 25 or 30 years old, you're potentially going to have another 60 years of just sitting by the pool every day. Not only are you going to end up looking like a Gucci handbag with a lovely leathery skin, but you're going to find yourself in a situation where there is more to it than that. Is that all you're here to do? Now, for the 1% of our population, you might have listened to that and gone, yep, cool, that's, that's it for me. But let's be realistic for a second. What do you want from your life? What do you want to leave behind? What do you want? What impact do you want to make, if any? You know? Who do you want to help? What kind of journey do you want to have? When you get to the pearly gates, when you get to your final day, what do you want to be able to look back and say that you did? You know, when someone gives you that, this is your life moment at the end of your days, and you look back, will you be happy or disappointed? Fulfilled or absent? So you've got to understand yourself. You've got to understand what you need mentally and physically. When it comes to your recovery, the self-reflection element, you've got to look at what drives you, but what do you need to be better? What do you need to be better physically? What do you need to be better mentally? Now, I know for me, I need downtime. I need freedom. I need to be able to do the things that I want to do in my life, to wake up and be in control. I need to feel good about achieving things. I need to create things. I need to help people. And I also need adequate time to be able to do what I want to do. Not all the time because it gets boring, it gets tedious. But I need to be able to have a certain amount of freedom. But I also need a certain amount of challenge. 
This is why even running my own business and the opportunity to go and train in the middle of the day if I wanted to, I still choose to get up at five o'clock in the morning to get to the gym because I do need challenge. I do need to do things which are more difficult. I do need to make life hard for myself sometimes. But I also need to understand that it can't all be go, go, go. And I need you guys to realize this too, that as important as your results are, as important as everything we spoke about in episode 31 is, with regards driving forwards and what it takes and the elements that you have to do and the reflection on sustainability and all of that, you do have to recognize that that's not going to last all the time. There are going to be times where you have to recover. There are going to be have to be times where you just ease off the gas a little bit because life is not one pedal to the metal until you get to the pearly gates. There are times when you can push and times when you can't. Hell, you've only got to look at modern day Formula One to know. And <laughs> It's been a while since I put Formula One on the podcast. But though the tyres they run on nowadays will not last a whole Grand Prix. They have to have a plan. They have to know when to push and know when to ease off and just look after the tires. This is why Lewis has become so successful, because he's very, very good at recognizing when it's appropriate to push and when it's appropriate to not. He recently reported, even if you're not a Formula 1 fan, this will make sense, and I promise I won't keep you for too long on this point, only about a minute if that. He recently reported that from the car behind, he was behind Valtteri Bottas and he was watching, it's his teammate in Mercedes if you don't follow Formula One. Um, and he was watching his driving and he was looking at, at his tyres from his car behind. So he was watching Valtteri's car in front and he was looking at the state of his tyres and he sat behind him for lap after lap after lap, 10, 20, 25 laps until he started to see the what's called graining on, Valt on Valtteri's tyres in front. So he realised that Valtteri's tyres were starting to go off and then he started to watch the behaviour, the body language of Valtteri's car, recognising that it wasn't gripping as well as it was previously. Now during this time, Lewis had, was playing long game. He was biding his time, recognising that his time will come. Lo and behold, 20-25 laps, Valtteri's burnt through his tyres, trying to keep a... A Lewis Hamilton behind him, which had no intention of coming past, had every intention of just sitting there and basically allowing him to uh, to knacker his tyres out. And then, boom, Valtteri makes a mistake because his tyres are worn out. Lewis gets by and then fucks off into the distance. You could liken this to the old-fashioned boxing where you would have one um, athlete that would absolutely go hell for leather, give it everything they've got in the first three rounds, whilst you would have the other boxer, which would pace themselves which would recognize that it's the long game and they would just allow their opponent to tire themselves out and then towards the latter rounds, then they would ramp up and absolutely kick the shit out of them or beat the shit out of them. So you've got to recognize that it can't all be go, go, go. Otherwise you are going to burn yourself out. You're going to be a Valtteri Bottas. You're going to burn your tires out and then you're going to find yourself in a position where you are not able to push on, where you are going to get overtaken, when you are going to have no choice but to have a pit stop while your rivals or while pro precious progress is lost because you push too hard. So recovery is absolutely key. And during that time, that's when it's the most appropriate to look at everything that you're doing in life. From your programming physically, 
nutrition, all that jazz, of course, but also from a mental perspective. Look at your life and look at what's working, what isn't working. And to give you a great example of that, you know, with the triplets, we found in the early days, you know, the stress of triplets, as you can probably imagine, is quite high. And we've gone through a plethora of different learning curves when it comes to raising them. We've gone through the shouty stage of, you know, rah, 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 everything. But then, you know, we've we've taken time to reflect on that afterwards and realize that it just doesn't work. We didn't end up with better kids by shouting and bawling at them every five fucking seconds because it didn't work. They're no better or were no better from that approach. So we realized that the only people we were hurting by shouting and bawling was ourselves and arguably our relationship with our kids. So we realized that that approach didn't work. We had to take a different one. But the only way that we could realize that was by taking a step back, by self-reflecting, by looking at the approach that we were taking to their upbringing and realizing that, yeah, they're being naughty. Yeah, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And so we're shouting at them for, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, etc. But it just didn't work that way. So we took stock. We realized that do what you've always done. You're going to get what you've always got. So we took an, a, di- a different approach. And lo and behold, we ended up with better kids. And then through taking that different approach, we realized that all three of them respond very differently to different levels of discipline and, pl- and praise. And so we couldn't take a blanket approach with all three of them, despite them all being raised at the same time. Each of them respond to a different level of discipline, praise, upbringing, if you will. We're raising three kids at the same time, but we're also raising one kid at a time. And it was through learning that that we ended up with a very tailored approach for each child, which is still fair, obviously. And we've ended up with really good kids. They're still shitty four and a half year olds sometimes, but we learned a lot. So you have to recognize what's working, what doesn't work. But, and you always have to look at how can I improve. The, the thing that I'm learning and still learning now, and I don't think I'll ever stop learning is exactly that, that you will never stop learning, but also that perfection doesn't exist. There is no end game. You're never going to reach the actual result from a character mental perspective when I'm good, I am a complete person now, I am spot on. A recent circumstance that I found myself in when a bit of a mini, mini feud, if you will, mini family feud, and I looked at the physical circumstance, I looked at what actually went on, I looked at what happens and the actual words that were said and the actions that were taken and not taken. And I 100% apportioned blame on the other side of the fence. I looked at the situation and went, I can't possibly be at fault here. And I even sought counsel from friends and other family members to go, I, I clearly, I'm not at fault here, am I? And all of them were like, no, 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 you're definitely not at fault. But what then transpired is because I entered into this mindset of I'm not in the wrong here, I wasn't prepared to waver from that. I wasn't prepared to have an open mind. I wasn't prepared to consider another side of the coin because I didn't I didn't I didn't possibly consider that there could possibly be another side to the coin, another side to the story. My mindset was you fucked up. End of story. But in actual fact, it was only through being eventually open-minded to a conversation to learn more about myself and to learn more about the situation 
that I realized and recognized a huge fundamental flaw in my own personality. Something which I had no idea was there, but something which made so much sense when it was told to me. I took this circumstance of which I entered into the conversation absolutely adamant that I was right and nobody could tell me otherwise. And I found myself coming out of it, not confused, but recognizing that actually, yeah, there's more to this and maybe I'm not as complete as I once thought I was which almost sounds arrogant to a point, but I guess that's the only thing you could put it down to. It was the arrogance of thinking that I had no more growth to do. But I did. And the nice thing is, situation has you know resolved itself and I learned a lot about myself. And, you know, to, to speak openly on this podcast, as I almost promised you guys that I would, um, I learned about myself that I a fundamental flaw of my personality is that... Because I was such a shit in my 20s, because I didn't treat people very well, and because I went through, I suppose, this period of darkness, through the last, I'd say, seven years, I've been on a journey of self-improvement. I've been on a journey of self-reflection and on a journey of improving my morals and how I conduct myself which has been brilliant. It's made a huge difference in my life. You know, I've I've found myself in an amazing career, which I absolutely adore. I found myself in an amazing family. But what I didn't realize is that through going through this journey of self-discovery and self-improvement, that the more I journeyed through it, the higher and higher standards I set for myself. I set the bar so high of how I should behave how I should conduct myself and my own expectation of myself that that expectation then bled into my relationships. It then bled into my coaching and what ended up happening. And like I said, I only realized this last week and this is funny enough. The reason I mentioned in the last uh, episode of the podcast as to why there was no podcast last week is because I realized I set such high standards for myself, which obviously I didn't set in my 20s, but I did now. Because I'd built those standards up for myself, I expected everybody else to adhere to those standards. I expected everybody else to conduct themselves in the same way that I would conduct myself. I went into the majority of what I did thinking that, well, this is what I would do, so why aren't you doing that? And the problem is, as you can probably ascertain from a coach's perspective, that's not a particularly good mindset to have. And thankfully, that mindset didn't bleed into my coaching too much. It bled more into my relationships outside of coaching, which is a godsend for the people that I look after. But it taught me a lot to hear that. It taught me a lot to realize that this journey of self-discovery, this affirmation that I had undergone over the last seven years had been incredibly beneficial but at the same time it brought with it its own demons new demons which i didn't even know existed and they snuck in under the guise of yeah you're a better person now yeah you're doing okay and it snuck in under the radar until i then realized and was confronted with the situation to go nope you're not perfect mate nope you ain't got it all figured out and nope you, you people are going to treat you differently which sounds bad, 
But in actual fact, that's how it's meant to be. By all means, set whatever fucking standards you want for yourself, for yourself to adhere to, how you want to conduct yourself, your adherence to the things that you do, your diet, your calories, your exercise, activity, whatever. Set your own standard. But just recognize that people will have their own version of that. And so it's important that you don't put the same standard that you set for yourself on other people. And to give you an example of why this didn't bleed into my coaching too much, um, it's because with every client I take on, I get them to tell me what they're prepared to commit to. The steps they're prepared to commit to, the calories that they feel are appropriate for them and how they want to spread them over the course of the week. The exercise they're prepared to commit to. What type? How long? How many? And so the reason why this element of my personality didn't affect my coaching, apart from, I'd say, giving people a G up, going, oi, it's check-in day. Why the fuck haven't you checked in? Which isn't necessarily a bad thing for a coach because we're employed to keep people accountable, after all. Was because that people held themselves to their own standards. And so there you go. Top tip for any personal trainers listening. Make sure that you get people to set their own standards of what is realistic and acceptable because otherwise if you set the standards then it's going to be very difficult for people to stick to them unless of course you have no fucking standards and then you know you're going to find yourself in a situation where people can easily adhere to it and so it taught me a lot and once again as the best lessons always do the best lessons do hurt people along the way and it's unfortunate that, that happens and it sucks but it, it it happens, you know. As as time goes on, you learn more about yourself. And like I said, some of the best lessons are wrapped up in the hardest of circumstances, in the most painful of circumstances, and how you deal with them. And the thing that I've learned and the thing that I will carry forwards about myself is to not close my mind to not allow myself to drift, drift into this mindset of my morals are better than yours or you are finished, finished article, completed, etc. You know, life, morality, completed it, mate. No, that isn't the case. At 32, I've got a lot of learning still to do. I've got a lot of things still to experience, a lot of mistakes still to make. And it's important that whether you're 32, 52, 22... 12 <laughs> fucking hell you're getting getting started early on your self-development if you're 12 and you're listening to this or 72 you ain't ever gonna stop learning and the self-reflection is key when it comes to your self-development you've got to take time to recognize what you need physically what you need mentally but also of what you've yet to experience of the elements and the holes in your personality, your flaws. Because it's all very easy to focus on what you're doing right. It's all very easy to focus on the boxes that you're ticking, which you're smashing. But it's very, very easy to lose sight of the elements that you are not doing. It's very, very easy to overlook your flaws. And when it comes to that self-reflection, you can't do it when life is go, go, go. You don't have the time to stand still and just overlook everything. 
You don't have a time to step back and just look at what's going on, to look at the big picture. You don't have time to do that when you are results focused. So you must take time to recover, not just physically, but mentally. You must take time to look at the bigger picture, to look at your journey. Look at what you've achieved, look at what you've accomplished, look at mistakes you've made, what you can learn from it. And I'm going to leave you guys with an analogy and one which I had forgotten about, but one which is ridiculously prevalent and something which I hope stays with you long after this podcast ends. To shoot an arrow forwards, it must first be pulled back. For you to make the most amount of progress, the best progress, to achieve the best result, sometimes you must stop and pull yourself backwards to then be shot forwards. And obviously, when it comes to applying all of this, I haven't mentioned this for a few podcasts, but we finish every podcast with it. You've got to take the time to recognize and have the serenity to accept what you cannot change. Have the courage to change what you can and the wisdom to know the difference. So folks, thank you ever so much for listening to this double header podcast. If you've listened to both episodes, if you've only listened to this one, then you've done it wrong. <laughs> but I appreciate it. And as I'll mention on every podcast, the way that you guys can show your appreciation for these podcasts is to just download, even if you don't listen to it on Apple Podcasts, download Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and leave a review. Let me know what you think. You know, and if you want to go more in depth or fuck it, if you don't want to do that, just send me a message on Instagram at Chris Moyes or Facebook at Chris Moyes Fitness. You know, comment on the post that I put up about the podcast. Please don't listen and sit there in silence because I don't know what I'm doing right and I don't know what I'm doing wrong if you guys don't tell me. It's only from using the word thus too much that I've now reduced my usage of the word thus because you guys told me. So please don't sit there in silence. Tell me what you enjoy. Tell me what you don't enjoy. Tell me what's good. Tell me what you learnt so that I can grow as a trainer and I can give you guys even better episodes as we head into our next 30. So folks, I will talk to you next week, episode 33. And if there's anything particular you want me to cover, at Chris Moyes on Instagram, drop me a message. Have an amazing week. I'll see you then. Toodles.